Juicy sweatsuits, doing lines in the restroom. All y'all dressed to impress who? Hello, and welcome to another episode of Late Do You Remember This? And today I have just a delicious guest, um, Ryan Bailey. <laughs> what up, Ladue Nation? What up? Yeah, Ladue Nation. Hello, hello. Um, did Ryan? you almost call it something with Josephs at some point? Like, I was like, I mean, did it come Ladue? And then, like, remember Josephs was the other big one at the, that whole period of time? Okay, I spent a, a full-blown month trying to figure out what kind, what my the name of my podcast was going to be. And It's crazy, right? When you tried to – I did – I. I asked everybody and their mother about the name of my podcast when I was doing it. Like it was like the, I, I tried harder than that than anything in school. It, it, because it's like a tattoo. It's yes. Getting a yes. Tattoo. But yours is perfect. Like yours is perfect. But what were the ones that were on the cutting room floor? Um, oh, it was such a long time ago, but one that was very close was um, Bimbo Summit. <laughs> I, by the way, I think you still could potentially use that. I don't think there's been a Bimbo Summit pod yet. Well, and so the Bimbo Summit, of course, a a reference to um, the article headline um, when Brittany uh, lives <laughs> in Paris. So I thought about that, but ultimately I was ripping off um, the podcast. You must remember this. So oh yeah. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and granted, it's a nightmare trying to tell people what the name of my podcast is. Because you have to really, really go like inside baseball. Like that's just such a, Ledoux is such a time and place and, 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 you know, it's such a good time and place for me, but like how many people have you had to explain deeply how important Ledoux means to a certain period of time? It, I have spent a lot of time trying to explain it to people and some it's kind of a lit, litmus test. It's like if I say the name and people get it, then I'm like, okay, great. We're, we're simpatico. But a lot of people, you really have to take the time. And it's also, oh, find my podcast. And they're like, how do you spell? What's a podcast? Wait, <laughs> What's what? a podcast? How do I spell this? Why is the name so long? So... <laughs> Bimbo yeah, yeah. Summit rolls off the tongue better, but you know, here we are. I got my tramp stamp and I have to stick with it. I mean, you know, the, the, uh, what I want, and I know we're, we're talking about something else, but I, I did used to work. I was a nightclub manager during the time of the Britney Paris Lindsay. Like we used to let, I used to let Lindsay in when she was underage. Like I, like I was a part of, not, I mean, I would let, not a part like where you would actually see me in anything, but like I was alive and like working during these times. Like this all was like very, like that whole club like time was so crazy. And like up in my office, we would just like be refreshing Perez Hilton every day, like every night, you know, and we would, it was just crazy. But like all those girls were always coming in. Lindsay, especially, we always had to sneak her in. But it was just, it was a wild time. Were you still, um, working at the time when it was i can't remember the year off the top of my head but it was when Lindsay had gotten caught underage a few times yeah and then everybody the the city cracked down on everyone yes yes 
totally in that time. Well, and it was also like, because I just remember like time and place, like the OC was really big. Like Misha Barton and Brandon Davis used to come in mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. have sex in our upstairs bathroom. <laughs> uh, but like Lindsay, yeah, totally. Like, and we like, like she had to be snuck in, like wear a hoodie, that kind of thing. And we had like a back door. Like if you went to the side, there was like this back door you could get in. And, you know, we would just like have backdoor things for people like that. Wow. That is, that is amazing. I mean, I didn't move to LA until 2013. So it was all over by then, the, <laughs> the heyday. And I'm so, so sad and disappointed by it. But what can you do? What, what club did you work at? It was called Monroe's. It was like, it was like a very, like, it was like a hundred and, I think the official capacity was like 120. So it was supposed to be like this kind of just bottle service only, but like we would pack like 300. It was like, it was like insanity, but it was, uh, DiCaprio was one of the um, uh, investor. We had like a huge investor yes. list. And, um, and then it became um, right after us. That was like, we were open for like three and a half years. And then it became a club called Villa, which was huge uh, with like all celebrities and stuff, stuff like that. But uh, it was just really this kind of incredible. And I was so into pop culture. Like most bar people or club people don't give a huge shit, but I was like so into like TMZ, Perez, D-listed, Defamer. So I was like so excited any of this stuff uh, when it was like coming, you know, when you'd see it live. Oh my God. You were, you were truly in the trenches. Yeah, it's like when people, uh, I imagine what it's like when, you know, my dad's went to Vietnam before. So it's like my version of Vietnam where Absolutely. I lived through it, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, you're you're regaling us with history. This is... <laughs> it's, it's, I, you do see some crazy... It was just, I hate to like now as I get older, I'm like, you really do end up saying those things. Like, it was a crazy time. It was a crazy, like, I remember... Um, Mark Wahlberg was dating like Anna Kornikova, I believe. Oh my God. And like Anna Kornikova wanted to like smoke inside, but we had like strict smoking laws and we were like a tiny club and it was like that. And then a lot of people wanted to smoke weed and we had this glass room and it was like, it's a see-through glass room. We can't just be like smoking weed where you smell it in the entire club and you just see plumes of smoke. Even if it's a private room, you're just like hot boxing something, you know? It, it was such a crazy time only because it can never and will never happen no again well you know and i know we talked about like early is that no no move like i i wonder if a movie could capture like the club scene of like really what it was because i'm trying to think of like because then you had like clubs like area and Mm -hmm. i think there was a club called jet or or something lax 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 yes lax and like each one of those clubs had a very specific night and like we like because we had dj am when he was alive he was like spinning at ours but he would be at all these places too and it was like because then you had i mean it all just like you had nicole richie always you know it was just this this huge little moment this little pocket of pop culture that was crazy and the club scene really you're right like hasn't been like that in la ever since yeah i mean i guess at at the end of the day it's just because their cell phones with video now. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you're totally right. That's all. I think that that's the biggest part. And because the celebrities, as far as I could tell from the stuff that I read would avoid the um, gross 
pedestrians of the world by going to the certain club nights that were usually during the week. Yeah. Where most people have jobs. Not that most people in LA have jobs. Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> not, not anymore. But <laughs> um, like uh, Mondays at the Roosevelt. I think it was yes. Monday. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and um, the lady that ran that used to be married to the this director, Ted Demi. And, but then she's yeah, actually Amanda, a, a lesbian. Amanda Demi. Yeah, yeah. Amanda Demi. Yeah. And she, yeah. okay, this is a random fact. She's now a photographer and she um, uh, photographed all the women who, um, this is like, not a fun fact actually but it's an interesting fact all the women who were assaulted by bill cosby that is not a fun fact wow that <laughs> is definitely not the fun fact that you would present it no um that's that was her that I was saw, her that, that magazine that on the new york times or like yes. the new york yes yeah wow. she she did that so she's a very um well-respected photographer well, now back in the day so her husband passed away and then she was in charge of that night at the roosevelt when the roosevelt was getting back on its feet again and that was a huge thing and they really went old school where she'd come out and be like you 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 and you like the studio 54 way mm -hmm. and it was like this really i remember tr like i remember having to pull strings to get in because like i'm not like i don't I don't think I've ever looked cool in my life, you know, <laughs> but she would always want to present a pastiche. And I remember she did a photo shoot in our nightclub one day because we just had all these like kind of weird leather, red, uh, yellow leather couches. And I met her once and uh, yeah, it was, she was interesting. Allegedly, um, she had a little affair with Lindsay. Yes. Allegedly. I know that uh, as well. Yes. That is With, allegedly very true, yeah. Allegedly very, very true. Yes. That was allegedly, she actually really made her way around with a, with a, she, I mean, I guess she was the older version of whatever Cara Delevingne is now. She made her way oh, yes. like, around some, you know, by the way, Cara Delevingne really, like she really seems to be like, she, she just is always with like beautiful ladies. You gotta hand it to her. You gotta yeah. hand it. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, you like she must like have the best like spit the best game. Like, I wonder what it is. Like, is she like just like your eyes are on fire? You know, like what is it? I think she's probably very intense. Um, she makes you feel like you're the only woman in Los Angeles. <laughs> I there was what well, that's the other like. Have you ever had any of these celebrity encounters where you, like, I remember I worked at this, um, before I did the club, I worked at a, at a, as a manager at a spa, like a fancy spa, and Anne Hathaway came in one time, and I could have sworn after she left that she was in love with me. Oh, I was yeah. like, and then it's, you realize that's why they're stars. They make everybody believe that they're in love with them. Yes. The best, there's, I feel like there's two different, types of celebrities and there's the b to like g list celebrity who they can end up being assholes yeah. um, and treat you like shit but then you meet an a list and you're like oh this is why this yeah. is yes yes exactly it's like so it's 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 rarefied air it's rarefied air and they They've done it for so long that they always know to say, um, nice to see you instead of, <laughs> instead of nice to meet you because they know they could have met you before <laughs> and you'd remember and they wouldn't. No, I mean, celebrities are wild. Like I, uh, 
I had an experience once with James Gandolfini and I, you know, it's like, even in like his normal life, you were just expecting like at any second he might like kiss you or try to like beat the shit out of you. You know, it's like, you just never <laughs> like, you just like, like, Oh my God. Like just those celebrities that like keep you guessing. You're like, Oh my God, like anything can happen at this point. But that's why it's so weird. Like this period of time, you know, if you like think of Paris, Lindsay and um, um, Brittany, like Paris, you could make a strong argument that Paris is the only one that got out truly alive. Oh yeah. And her, I think, I think she only got out barely alive because (laughs) she completely compartmentalized every terrible thing in her life or she's just less sensitive than the rest of them. Oh my God. You, are you excited for the YouTube document documentary about her? I cannot wait because, um, I realized the, the whole like, uh, YouTube, uh, Utah, um, like oh, the, the, boarding the, the, school yes, that boarding she school. went. That everybody had issues with it. Well, so I had just been doing research on Paris years ago when I first started the podcast and I just noticed that she had bounced around from all these different high schools and one of them was in Utah and I looked into it and it's this wilderness camp where uh, every- by the way, that's always a bad sign when you hear wilderness camp like I've never oh. heard any good stories with wilderness camp like there always seem to be horrible stories I mean listen I've seen Oprah okay the <laughs> second I saw wilderness camp I was like, uh-oh, we are in Tribble. Yes. <laughs> but you couldn't find anything about her talking about it um, because, you know, she she's a part of the um, Richard sisters clan. They're all very secretive people. Um, I mean, very. Uh, they, I need to know more about, about Paris's mom. I... That woman, I think, is a scary mother effer. It's got to be. And the intersection between, like, you know, like the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills of it all, and then also the Kris Jenner of it all, you know? Yes. Like, is that, like, don't you think that she, her name's Kathy, right? It's Kathy? Yes, Kathy. So Kathy was the precursor to the Kris Jenner. Like, you know, if, if we had been in a different decade, Kathy would be much, much bigger right now, I think. Well, so that is very interesting you say that. I I always compare Paris and Kim in the sense of why was one, you know, why is one now practically a billionaire and the other still does very, very well for herself. She's very rich, but she's not, she was not able to hold on to the relevance, relevancy as Kim was. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, it's because Kim had Chris who was invested. And I don't think Kathy is invested in Paris becoming something. I think it was all Paris by herself getting all of this done. Like she didn't have the momager because if Kathy was invested, she would have been on The Real Housewives. Kathy likes to keep, she likes to put herself out there once in a while, like say a quick hello, but she does not want people knowing her business. Yeah. I mean, that actually makes, and you know, cause you really get the sense that Kim is scared of her. Oh, absolutely. And, and Kyle, this is, 
I, I was uh, on Instagram discussing the Paris. <laughs> I feel like they, that's where the real discussions really happen, by the way, guys. Instagram. That's where the real Bimbo Summit meeting that's, of the minds happens. The uh, Miss Parker and the Vicious Circle is just about Instagram, yeah. <laughs> um, but someone, I was talking about Paris and someone um, DM'd me and we were talking very briefly about Kathy and Kim and Kyle. And of course, mm-hmm. like after a couple white claws, I like DM'd this person a novel about my opinions. <laughs> and they were like, uh, okay, double tap, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Heart, heart, heart. Heart, um, it's midnight, bitch. Uh, go to sleep. Um, but I said how I think Kyle is the one who is the most like emotionally sound of the three sisters and i think she knows how traumatic their childhoods were but she is so codependent with kathy that and kathy i mean we've seen it on beverly hills like kyle is always in trouble with kathy when she speaks too much about the family and i think Kathy compartmentalizes everything that happened and wants to protect their mother, Big Kathy. Kim is just a <laughs> hot we, mess. Hey, can we just call her Big Kath? From, uh, Big, Big Kath. Big Kath. BK, BK. BK. Um, Kim is just a hot mess, um, and she just she doesn't know her ass from her elbow as far as mental health goes. And then there's Kyle who understands what's going on and wants to speak on it, but she does sometimes, but then she gets in trouble with the sisters. Well, I mean, to, to, I mean, you watch Beverly Hills, right? Uh, I do, even though they've been disappointing me. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying <laughs> in terms of like, there was a episode like two weeks ago where at the very end of the episode, they were in Italy and they're like, oh, let's all get along now. And they're like, where's the craziest place you've ever had sex? And Kyle literally yes. said, Kyle goes, it was at a black tie event at the table with 10 other people there. And I'm like, wait, what? You had full intercourse at a black tie event with 10 people at your table? Like how, e- like I need somebody to draw me a diagram how that even works first off. But then I was like, I'm telling you that family, like, there is some weird shit going on. Remember the other story this season where Kim walked in on Kyle when she was losing her virginity? Yes. And then Kim told everybody at the, the dinner table and afterwards, supposedly Kathy was like, how is it? How was it? That was so traumatizing. I mean, it it really was another thing I DM'd someone. I mentioned <laughs> I the thought of you just randomly DMing strangers novels. It, I know. Um, but I, I was thinking with that story, that has to be the tip of the iceberg that Kyle would share that. And, you know, she does not share a lot of back in the day stories from her childhood. If that's what she's choosing to share, you cannot imagine what's going on. (laughs) Yeah, and that's why it's like the parent. Like, so here's another like little bit inside thing is that I uh, I was working as an acting teacher for like a long time, and I just uh, stopped that job like a couple months ago. And we had a system with like notes with everybody in it. And Paris used to take acting classes with us before, like 
before a simple life even. And oh, wow. we would take detailed notes on like everything that was said, everything, you know, just all these personal notes. And she said in her, like her intro class, you know, explaining to like who she, who she is and all that stuff. She said that, um, that one day her dad was going to buy her a zoo. And I oh, think that's God. the most, like, that's such a Paris quote. And I was like, did she do it in her baby doll voice or did she do it in her regular woman voice? You know? Oh my God. Her God. I mean, I suppose since they were so close with Michael Jackson, it was just, and probably Hugh Hefner. It's like, people yeah, just Rick have was zoos. like, sure. Yeah. You, you'll get a zoo. Sure. That's a thing that people I once have. I once spent like a good, I forgot it was like, I think it was Snapchat when Snapchat like was really big. I like once spent like a whole afternoon, like watching Paris's stories with her and her dog house, like the amazing yes. house, like dog house. I was like, I, I like, that's like my goal house is that dog house. Like that's my dream. Like that's the selling sunset house I want is Paris's dog house, you know? Well, I actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I read yesterday that apparently that dog house cost sold for 3.2 it was three it cost three hundred and twenty five thousand dollars to build i don't doubt it it looks amazing it's wouldn't amazing. that be amazing that would be amazing that's the next million dollar listing we need is like just a group of realtors that only sell dog houses and they're um, like oh this is like a frank lloyd wright dog house like and it just that would be amazing like these are accordion doors like oh i would love that I would love to live in any one of those dog houses. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's nicer than any place I've ever lived in my life. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm very small. I'm short. I, I can fit. I mean, don't worry I'll about me. i the dogs, too. The dogs can, I'm not even saying, like, the dogs can't stay. Like, oh, yeah. The dogs can still stay. That's not even a thing. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll have a nice little roommate sitch. No worries. It was like, I swear to God, I shit you not. I bet there's a Wi-Fi signal in there. Like I bet, I bet Paris is like wacky enough where she's like, I've got Wi-Fi in here. You, you want to know why I'm sure that's true? Because I'll bet that there is some sort of CCTV. Uh, yes, dog cams. <laughs> so at any moment when she's on the road in Dubai or wherever, she could uh, oh, check totally. in. But by the way, that's like during quarantine, I'm like, we got to be, we... I was like, people got to start getting more creative. Like they could have like, I would have paid for that CCTV feed too. Like she could have made money off that. Yes. People I would absolutely watch anything. would. I absolutely would watch, watch those little idiots run around. <laughs> um, so. Are you about to go speaking of little idiots? Speaking of little idiots. Today, we'll be talking about the seminal classique. The show, pretty wild. Um, you said Ryan, it was seminal, yeah. Seminal classic, Ryan. Thank you so much for watching an entire series of television for this for this show. No, I mean, I think that's that. That I mean, it's really a gift. I mean, I think that one of the like that and NYC Prep and like shows like Gallery Girls, like they oh, really Gallery Girls, oh. like pretty wild. Especially though, it's very. It's like we talk about time and place, and this show really does really pick up time and place, but it's also such a unique show because of what it, what it captures. Like if this show, if they had like greenlit this show a a year earlier, it would be a completely different show. The, the luck they had in filming this show at this time is insane for what the show actually, you know, is, is about or the underlying plot of the show. 
So for anyone who um, somehow listens to this podcast but doesn't know what Pretty Wild is, um, basically, quick, quick gist is that one of the girls who was a part of the bling ring, a group of teenagers who were robbing celebrities, uh, Lindsay Lohan, Orlando Bloom, et cetera, et cetera. All the, all the greats. All the, all the greats. Um, they had a TV, uh, her name, Alexa Snyers, of course, <laughs> had this TV show for one season on E. Nine episodes, only nine, nine episodes. Nine episodes, one and done. Um, and like you said, it coin it somehow coincides with her and these other kids getting caught for bling ringing. And also, if, if then I mean, we it never gets called out, but they're also like massive drug addiction happening, where you, there are scenes where like they're completely messed up. Okay, so let's just jump in with that because. Uh, I was watching the the season. So the whole thing is you, so weird. The season finale, and so it is. And so it is the season finale. Everything is so oddly structured because the final episode, <laughs> it, like, completely takes this other tr- like the rest of the season feels very um, Kardashian esque. It yes, feels that was what they were going for. And it feels very fluffy, except for the moments where they're talking about the trial, which is only about like half of the runtime of each episode. Oh yeah, not. I mean, it's it's a it's a subplot. It's it's truly a subplot. But then all of a sudden, in the last episode, after making no mention that these girls have drug issues, they're having an intervention yeah which i thought was if you didn't know the context it's very confusing yeah i mean it's it's i mean because i mean we know also more late you know after the fact of like what they were actually what they were doing at the time how many pills they were doing how they were stealing things to get money to like buy more pills and 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 like you know to but i mean it's just it's it's wild that i always love shows like this where you know, like there's like this whole underlying thing that they don't fully call out. So it's like kind of a fascinating watch because you're like, whoa, like look at like we know this hidden secret that they're trying to keep like surface, like everything's trying to be surface level and fun and look at our sexy bodies and we're going to throw a party and I'm dating somebody from a band. And like in the reality of that is, you know, (laughs) breaking into celebrities' homes, being like addicted to drugs. I mean, this is just like, that's, that that yin yang is amazing well and what's so interesting to me is so i was just um doing some additional research and i took a dip into alexis's podcast oh yeah because she yes which is (laughs) which is wild and they did like a little reunion episode where she sat down with a family therapist to moderate and then the other three main women of the show, which was Andrea, her mother, um, Tess, Gabby, yeah. uh, Gabby, her younger sister, her young biological sister. Wait, don't you feel bad for Gabby this whole show? Gabby? Like, Mom, Dad, what's going on? 
yeah, I feel bad for her. And yet I also think that she is just an absolute brat as well. Yeah, but like imagine like what she's watching going down with her like older sister and her older sister's adopted friend, you know, like that is crazy. I I mean, yeah, she the amount of toxicity within the home. um, Yeah, I wouldn't want to be a 16 year old Gabby um, with these as my my and with with cameras on you, you know, like, yes, I, I. I mean, the first, I mean, I think the first episode of this is wild because like within like 10 minutes, we like, or maybe I'm blending everything together is like literally having the mom like take photos of their like naked bodies, like nice side <laughs> boob, nice side boob. I'm like, what is going, and then we find out like Andrea, the mom used to be a 1980s playmate too. So yeah. So that episode, I believe that was episode eight and <laughs> It was, she was taking pictures of Tess, the quote unquote adopted sister that was not really adopted. Um, They kind of overplay how long she's been living with them and like how a part of that family she is. From what I read, she was really only living with them for like two years and they, they make it seem like she was there since she was a little girl. Um, Yeah. But she is taking pictures of Tess for Playboy, but Tess ends up in Playboy. Yeah, I mean, like that just shows you like dream, dreams do come true, and like they come true, baby. Your, yeah, work hard for your goals. But it's it's just and the the fact that the the mom also is a massage therapist too, which like also fits that whole. Th- I mean, like it's just like these are very. You really get the sense of who these people are. You're like, oh yes, that checks out. Yes, well. Yes. Andrea is um, the mother. She is a, gosh, I I wrote in my notes, lobotomy question mark. <laughs> she just has these huge eyes that are always um, very expressive. Open, like they. It looks like she's in a clockwork orange, and someone's just pulling back the lids at all times. Like. Well- But also, you're leaving out also, like, or we haven't got into it yet, is that this is a huge argument for homeschooling your kids. Okay. Okay. So, yes. Let's start with episode one. We meet these people, and it it opens with Andrea saying that she homeschools all three of her girls (laughs) in the teachings of The Secret. Which, by the way, was a like a pop culture phenomenon in around like 2008, which was like, I don't know if you guys all remember, but it was like a book. And then like they had like a shitty movie about it. But it was like just based on law of attraction, just stupid things of like, if you want something, just like really think about it and talk about it. And eventually it will happen. And yes. And um, so there's the 2006 book, The Secret. Oh, that's what I mean. Yeah. But then... What I love is that she's apparently homeschooling her children based on these philosophies, but she <laughs> she only ever mentions the movie The Secret, which is <laughs> and I'm like, girl, that's like an that's like 90 minutes. Like how how are you homeschooling these children four days a week off of 90 minutes? Yeah, but then you actually see scenes with the kids and you're like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Like, you know, like they're not. I mean, nobody's like, 
I mean, there's no scenes where they're like, you know, mathletics or anything, you know? No, no. And so I also looked into, I was like, these girls are like 18 years old. What is she talking about? She's homeschooling them. Is this like in lieu of a college degree? Yeah. I find out. So Tess did go to real high school. Um, Alexis was homeschooled by Andrea based on <laughs> the teachings of the secret. <laughs> so if there are any like uh, parents out there in the time of Corona uh, homeschooling their children, this is an option. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, they all turned out cool and uh, yeah, I mean, prayer circles and stuff like that. It's all, it's, it's all groovy. Uh, I mean, it really worked out for them. Just consider it, truly. But by the way, that's why, and so, uh, and so be it, or and so, or what is and it? And so, so it. And so it is. And so it is. I mean, that I think is the definition of like amen for them. Oh, definitely, and that does come from the movie, not the book. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! That makes so. But see, to me, that's like such a perfect example of who these people are. Like, yes. it makes complete sense when you watch the show. You're like, and that's why I think that's like what like. Like nobody needs to make movies anymore. Just like do reality shows and documentaries. I'm telling you, there's way more fascinating people in any of these shows than any movie you'll ever see. It is just simply stranger than fiction. You could not write these people because an executive would read this and be like, this is so fucking stupid. There's no way anyone will relate to this. It's like, no, the you can only enjoy it if you know that it's real. Well, I, I mean, the like, and this is like, I'm so jaded now by watching so many reality shows, but like literally the cops show up to like interview uh, Alexis, the, the first episode. And it's like so crazy that you're like, is this a setup? Like this is set up, right? This isn't real, right? Yeah. it. And it's real. It's real. And okay. That's an interesting thing though about the show is you can see how, There's one foot in the world of real reality, like maybe something more that you'd see on a Bravo show. Yeah. And then a foot in the e-reality of it all, where it's just like fluffy, uh, Kardashian sort of manufactured storylines. And it, it, like they'll have one, one moment of Alexis having, uh, an intervention and then the next moment it's Tess like I'm auditioning let's, for let's go to Cabo we're going to Cabo wait, wait wait what's the wait what's oh my god you know the most I know I'm sorry if I'm jumping around but the most awkward scene of my whole life is them cooking dinner for the two the dudes oh my god and like I'm like with from the what's the band called it's like Rugburn or something Wicker Wicker that's Wicker, which is the worst. I, I hate Wicker furniture so much. So the band is called Wicker. And then like two obviously older dudes, like I, I just, there's so many things wrong with with it. And it's just so perfect. And the, I mean, there's so many, I'm sorry. Now I'm thinking of Ryan Cabrera. I'm thinking so many good things. Well, so much of, so much of the series is um, them dating. And I feel like nearly every episode is a different guy. And I think it's either the first or second episode. I think it's the second episode. 
Ryan Cabrera shows up. He's about to go on a date with um, with Tess. And that lasts for like literally 20 seconds. Like, you know, Joe Simpson just put in a call and was like, can we get Ryan on this show? And he just walked through and walked out. Well, there was a period of time where, you know, Ryan Cabrera really made his way around reality shows because you yeah. know you had him of course in the Ashley Simpson show you had him in this show I think I'm leaving out two or three shows but he always seems to like just pop in out of oh yeah he was on um uh the hills new beginnings yes yes um but you're like Ryan knows his way around a reality show so to see him pop up there with his like his amazing quaff of hair is just so special for a show like this it's really special, and I wish uh, he had more time in his schedule to do to, to more than that, like, 20-second uh, spot on episode I, two. Wouldn't you go to see a concert just of Ryan Cabrera's reality show appearances? Where he's yes. like, here's me fake bowling like I did in, in uh, Pretty Wild, and then, the, the, you know, encore. I would, I would love to go to a socially distant concert of just, like, <laughs> I'll just stand... Uh, in a little bubble and just uh, watch him act that out. I once, um, I went to see, this is embarrassing for so many reasons, but I went to see a Counting Crow show by myself. And I love that. I, <laughs> I, all of a sudden, Brian Cabrera and Audrina Partridge like walked past me and I was like, whoa, the stars are out. And I just literally st- like stood next to them for the entire concert. And of course, Ryan Cabrera like was in like one of those like really big hats that all Mumford and Sons guys wear. Oh you know? God. Yeah. I was just like, and I was like, Audrina, like I, I literally at one point I was like, Audrina, you can do better than this. Like it was like, no, I, I was fascinated. I mean, I, did you ever watch, um, it was always on after Saturday night live. It was on for many years. I believe it was called wild on and they yes. had, yes, and- yes, 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 yes. They went through all these different seasons of different hosts and for a large chunk- Tara Reid hosted it at one point. Yes, she did. She was like one of the early hosts. And yeah. then Audrina hosted for a few years and she was honestly really good. <laughs> I don't mind Audrina Partridge at all. The only, I mean, like, <laughs> the, uh, the only, I mean, did you watch Hill's New Beginnings? I did and I thought it fucking sucked. It did suck, but I believe it was like, oh no, no. Which girl was it that like had the miscarriage and all of a sudden they were like, they put put, like a Crest White Strips ad in the middle of the scene. Like she had just spoken about her like, oh no, it was Whitney Port. It was Whitney, It was like Whitney Port was talking about her miscarriage, which was like this really kind of sad and like out of place scene. And then all of a sudden I remember there was like, I was like doing work and I was like, why is there silence? And I look up and she's all of a sudden in the bathroom putting Crest White Strips in. And I was like, this is insane. Like, this is insane. And they did the same sort of thing with Audrina where all of a sudden she was just like spending 20 minutes putting on like a cover girl eyeshadow. And I was like, what? how did I suddenly end up in a commercial? <laughs> I mean, but you know, that's like a very new thing. I think like the intense product placement. Yes. If you think about like on a show like Pretty Wild, like how would they have ever product placed in Pretty Wild? Like what would it like? Cause it was already so bizarre and weird that like i think oh wait who is wait wait who's the wait oh wait, my god i'm like the uh what's his name the dj from the the, oh, the part, uh, birthday party apollo oakenfold oh, yes yes oh my god that there's was... so many crazy cameos that you're like what is going like it really is insane 
Uh, there's also a cameo by a uh, football player, Vernon Davis. <laughs> yes. They, these girls, I mean, and I'm definitely sex positive or uh, whatever, but like they dated a lot. Like every guy was hot to them. I, so what I found so interesting was how it really was just like every episode, a new guy to date. And they were all just so much older than them. And all I could think of was I am so scared for these 18-year-old girls. Yes. Like, I don't know how they're alive, especially well, I, knowing that they were on heroin. Well, and also, <laughs> like, the, I mean, I don't know if – I don't think the movie The Secret covers anything about, like, dating abuse, you know? Like, I, I mean, these girls, like, I, I, I grew up, like, not in a strict household, but, like, like a pretty strict household. Like, I felt bad, like, ever sneaking out of my parents' house. And these guys are, like, able to date, like, football players and stuff. Like, it – it 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 just and well, by the way the mom loved like the mom seemed like she loved him dearly like it didn't seem like she was like a helicopter parent but something was going on i think that was okay so the thing about the show that goes along with that is she does seem like a a someone who loves her kids um but it also just I, and we know this, that there's so much under the surface that they're not showing. And it's one of the reasons why Bravo is my top reality show network. Because like MTV, um, E, they really like go out of their way to not show anything that's real or actually interesting and dramatic, I feel like, at most times. Like, these girls admitted that they were shooting up heroin <laughs> during the filming of this, and... I'm so sorry we, I laughed. I didn't laugh. I'm so sorry. I, like, that's how jaded I am that I'm like, <laughs> But it, we don't even hear in any whisper of drug abuse until the last episode where Andrea is running around like you're addicted to drugs and you're like wait what is she and it's like yes yeah, she is but we're, we just never even saw that they that's were what I'm saying it's this really weird underlying thing that you don't fully see but then if you go back and watch it makes it even darker like it makes so it like it gives darker. us like whoa because you can watch it in a certain way and be like kind of like most people watch we're like oh these are like just idiotic valley girls and da 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 and then if you watch it now just knowing all that we know it like adds so many different layers you know, it's just, you're like, whoa, this is an insanely dark show. But you even have lines in like the episode where it's like, I'm so stressed. Can I have a five milligram Adderall, please? Like asking permission <laughs> to take Adderall and just being it passed out like Pez. That was, that is to me, one of the uh, examples of Andrea being probably a truly terrible parent. Um, not because the kids were taking Adderall, but it was so strange how these girls who are 18, 19 years old are like coming downstairs uh, and getting passed out Adderall. Like this is a one flew over the cuckoo's nest and we're, we're in a mental institution and you line up for your, like 18 year old girls, I feel like should be able to, you know, if they're prescribed Adderall, you know, come downstairs, open the medicine cabinet, <laughs> take one on your own. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Why are you getting 
homeschooled by this crazy woman. I mean, there's so many things. And I, I, and that, but see, that's why I was also saying like, I know you think Gabby's a brat, but like, that's why it's even so much more disturbing than to watch Gabby through all this because she's not even the focus of anything. She's literally like shit on most of the time. And she's like, what's going on? And she's just like, she is whiny, but you're like, could you imagine how scary that is for her to like watch her older? Yeah. I mean, it just, I, I don't know. For some reason I have like weird sympathy for Gabby. I, I definitely have, I, I do have sympathy for Gabby. I think towards the end, I she sort of started to grade on me and I <laughs> I loosened up with this sympathy. Why don't you I, support other women? I guess that's the bigger question. Honestly, um, I'm I'm like a Ramona singer where I say I support <laughs> yeah. other women, but I don't really support other women. <laughs> that's actually so, that's very, that's another podcast, but yeah. Um, I feel like the, I was looking into where they all are now and you know alexis is sober and everyone seems to be you know better off than they were but from what i i'm glad they're sober i'm glad they're all doing better and you know they have they all have kids and whatever stable relationships like alexis still seems like a fucking asshole like (laughs) Yeah. This, I do think Andrea, and it's not Andrea's fault. This is a generational trauma of (laughs) passed down from woman to woman to woman that has truly just ruined a bloodline of women. (laughs) (laughs) Ruined a bloodline. Well, you know what's not, but do you ever think about that too? Is that like she still, Alexis still really doesn't admit what happened. I think Alexis is a full-blown narcissist like not in the the cute sense of like oh you're so narcissistic like i think she has a personality disorder personally yeah no she doesn't see that (laughs) she doesn't own up to it um i i was listening to her podcast and she was like she she really thinks of herself as sort of like a guru type person. (laughs) Like she's, she's an odd one. And I'll say this to me, Tess was the star, not Alexis. Wow. But yet Alexis has really made more of a name for herself. Yes. And I think part of that has to do with just the fact that she got caught in the bling ring, but I think it's Tess that has the personality, the talent, the looks. <laughs> I mean, come Isn't on. Isn't it weird though that they kind of look like, if you, if you didn't say, you know, if we didn't know she was adopted, you would kind of think that they might be sisters. Oh, absolutely. Like it fit, it fit completely. Like it does, like I, I, when I did the rewatch, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I always like in my head, just think of them as sisters. They, they, absolutely look like sisters um the only thing they don't share is tess's natural breast uh <laughs> which truly has say, say that again natural breast okay perfect yeah, i'm glad you use the the uh, thespian way of saying it yeah of course of course of course <laughs> uh but yeah i don't know tess just um 
she seemed to have a brain in that in that noggin somewhere somewhere in there whereas alexis i mean really a stone cold idiot so a stone cold idiot not just in in like reading and writing and math and all that stuff but like a stone cold idiot and how she went through this world yeah you know like it was like that's another thing is that just the dealings with people or even like you know the the monologue on the phone to the 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 writer you know nancy like, joe nancy joe i mean like the, the way she goes about life of like of of what she chooses to be upset about you know what she actually she's like you you got the heels wrong you know like those are the things that actually are offensible uh to her instead of like actual real things that are happening well and she and it's the same with her mom too i mean that's just a real codependent relationship but in the episode that we touched on earlier where they go to cabo the episode starts where the lawyer her alexis's lawyer is like please do not <laughs> leave the country <laughs> meanwhile i read separately that so they, he just says like i really don't think you should leave the country actually she wasn't supposed to leave the state it wasn't just like <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's advisable to not go partying she wasn't supposed to leave the state but she just like lived in this world where it's she like was magical like, thinking. Like I remember I got thinking. like my first, my first credit card, I think I got in college and it was like a Sears card. Like it was like a, I don't, and I bought like a stereo with it. And then I knew I had to pay it, but I just chose not to. And I chose not to for like a solid two years, I think, you know? And for some reason I just convinced myself that I don't have to pay it, even though every month I knew I had to pay it. And like, that's the only thing that I could be like, that's, she lives in that kind of other world of like, this doesn't exist. Yeah, it, it really is true because, and I think a lot of it has to do with her mother. And my credit's completely fixed now, by the way. I just want to point that. Out. I just want to, for any listeners. That would be very upsetting if your Sears card uh, is still haunting your credit score. What I if mean, you just heard like a jailbreak in? Like you'll have to insert another quarter for five more minutes. <laughs> God, I miss um, store credit cards. I mean, I'm sure they still exist, but oh, I, I had an express my- for me- express credit card. Like how idiotic is that like honey i had an old navy credit card <laughs> j crew i had gap i had it all do you remember like i think it was like it was structure first then it turned into express yes yes oh my god i i also remember the crossover in express when um they started tagging their clothes inside and outside because i used to buy a shoplifter ex- I was not, I've never shoplifted actually. Um, but I'm very pro shoplifting. If you want to do it, you know, <laughs> I'm very pro. And, I'm not anti- one of those funny duddies that isn't, uh, that's against shoplifting. I'm pro shoplifting anti-capitalism. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they, I used to like buy a dress for a night out. Um, and they used to keep, the tags on the inside of the dress and you could just tuck it in or return it. And it was, it was a tough day when I realized they caught wise and suddenly the tags were on the outside. 
Oh my. <laughs> I mean, by the way, I, I, I was always scared to ever do that, like to do what you did. And then finally last year I was like doing a reel for like my hosting thing, like live action hosting. And my teacher was like, yeah, just go to Macy's, get a couple sports jackets and then return them, you know? And they said, it'll be no problem. And then it like, I went to return it. And it was a huge problem. They were like, what? They asked me like 50 questions. They were like, this is a little wrinkly. Did you wear this? Like I, I was like all of a sudden, like under like complete duress, like they're asking me 80, hundred questions. Like I'm a criminal. And I was like, I can't afford $500 to buy these suit jackets, you know? And they finally took it. But like, I was like sweating. You know, the thing is, is you have to find the right person uh, to return it to. Who's like, I'm not getting paid enough to ask you any questions. Oh my God. I, that's so true. Like I was, it was like at Macy's at the Beverly center and I was, it must've looked insane because I was like, literally just like, who's that big guy that just like walking back and forth in the Macy's room, like trying to pick out. Cause there was only like two dudes. And I was like trying to decide which one would be nicer to me. See what you have to take into consideration is in a big store like Macy's, you don't gots to return that in the department that you bought it. Oh really? No, you can, you can move around. So you can just go to another department nearby. Like the, cl- Clinique, the Clinique counter? No, that that's very separate. Makeup to clothes, very separate. Wow. But but I would, if I were you, I would have traveled over to the kids section and said, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. So sorry to bother oh, you. But the line is just around the block in men's. And I was so not ready to like answer any questions about it. Cause I, so I was just like, it's, my boss's husband. I don't know. They, I'm the assistant. I don't know. I don't like, I just kept saying, I don't know. It was like, I need this money. And they're like, why is it on your card? Well, cause that's how we were. That's like, that's how we, that's how we do it in the assistant world. I was like, I, I just so crazy. I, I'd love to know how often Alexis and Tess were returned anything. We're buying and returning. I feel no, like they probably no, they were flat out stealing. They were, they were stealing. flat out stealing. There's no way because by the way, they were, she was stealing from those houses. She did not her her excuse for the bling ring stuff was that she had like passed out on oxycotton and was like the get like she she wasn't a part of actually stealing anything and she still she still I believe holds true to that to that that day and that's just not true. It's simply not true. And she also, in in one of the first, I think it's the first or second episode, she, Alexis says, oh, should I wear my Louboutins? Yes, which somebody else's Louboutins, right? I, well, and the thing that people need to take into account is that I think the... During that time, I think people were under the impression that the bling ring kids were rich Calabasas kids. They weren't rich kids. And once you watch the show, you look at Alexis and you're like, yeah, you weren't rich. Like you had something going on, but like you're not affording Louboutins. Those were stolen. No, 100%. Hundo P stolen. <laughs> but like, God bless. I mean, sure. One of her many gentlemen callers could have purchased her a pair of Louboutins, but I mean, and that is actually um, 
a sticking point to this day between Alexis and Nancy Joe is that she she never had these Louboutins and Nancy was like, I know that you stole those Louboutins and that you had them, but Alexis still won't cop to it. Wow. Well, yeah, I, 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 I was reading this quote about um, one of the producers of the show uh, was saying, they were talking about the drug use on the show. And it was like, I won't name names, but one of the people who had been in some trouble got a scheduled visit from their parole officer and the parole officer found them doing drugs. I think they were literally smoking Oxycontin. E became aware and they were unhappy about it. So that was part of the reason we didn't get picked up for a season two, probably 49%. 51% of why we didn't get a season two was that Chelsea Handler thought this was going to be a comedy. So when it became a very dark drama, Chelsea was no longer excited about the show anymore. Wow. Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? Like, like smoking Oxycontin. And by the way, you can see that in some of those scenes, like that scene with, um, with the two girls when they are prepping for the date with the two guys from from Rugburn or Wicker. Yeah. Wicker. (laughs) Is that like, they're like, we could do this at the steaks. How do you cook a steak? You know, it's like very, very pilled out talking kind of. Oh, absolutely. Well, What's so interesting, though, is so in the Alexis uh, podcast uh, reunion with the other women, I mean, she really takes no responsibility and she says that so much of the drama was pushed on them by E. And I don't know how she could honestly believe that when they were literally smoking oxy shooting heroin and the most you ever hear about it is in the final episode where they're just like she's doing too much xanax well yeah well so alexis at the time says she was like actively using every substance imaginable but oxycontin heroin marijuana and alcohol were daily habits like how does somebody not i mean like i it's 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 just wild like the only like i mean i've done drugs but usually i'm not combining drugs i'm not i'm never like you know i think once i was at a music festival and maybe did molly and mushrooms at the same time and that was like holy crap you know like but also i wasn't filming a reality show and that ended after that that weekend you know i mean listen at the end of the day when you start mixing wait you're not a cop are you're not a cop are you I am not a cop. Okay, you'd, have to tell, you'd have to tell me if you're a cop. Hashtag defend the police, okay? <laughs> no, 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 no. There are no cops on this podcast, okay? Uh, but I, I would just like to say to everyone out there, it's when you start mixing and licksing is when things get dicey. Wow, this so this is like this is a cool because it is like a and my podcast isn't like this, but this shit feels like more like a family podcast where you actually do learn things. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, this is an educational show. Yeah, kids, come on in here. Uh, she said not to mix things. So let's just throwing that out there. Don't mix. Um, although I do remember Doctor Drew saying um, on Celebrity Rehab. 
oh my god i used to love i mean i feel Me bad too. i feel bad for even saying it now but i used to love that show i feel i feel horrible now but. we we should be arrested for uh watching that show it's so... i look forward to it every week so much like i watched every season of that thing I laughed with it. I was like, ah, ha, ha, ha. and it's so idiotic now to think about that. I'm like, how did this show even make it to air? How truly, how did it make it to air? It is so outrageously problematic, but I do remember Dr. Drew saying, and this was, this was like um, years ago before the, the heroin epidemic really, you know, took hold. Yeah. And uh, when people are getting dosed with fentanyl, but he always said, it's when you start mixing the pills that you get into real trouble. And that's how you accidentally overdose because all of the rockers from the sixties and seventies, they were, they were doing heroin, but But that's it. But that's it. But once you start mixing and licking that's when shit gets real. And that always stuck with you. For I, I just love that. I watched that show so much that I remember like one season, somebody was like, you know, f- like mess, like just freaking out and yelling and all that. And Dr. True had to come in to like, you know, off hours. And I was like, of course he's kicking pretty hard. Like there's nobody in their twenties that should be like, that doesn't do hard drugs. Like, and I'm sitting there like diagnosing somebody. I'm like, Oh yeah, he's kicking. That's gonna last another twenty-four <laughs> to forty-eight hours. Like, cause you watch so much celebrity rehab. Okay. Speaking of after hours, I loved when Dr. Drew would come in after hours because like during during hours, he'd be like in his professional Luke. And then <laughs> you remember after- he was like ripped too. He had guns. He was yes. like, damn, Dr. Drew. <laughs> He would come in after hours in his like casual t-shirt, his black t-shirt. And I remember one episode, um, rest in peace, but- um, Oh, the, the Allison Chains guy? Uh, no. Um, oh, the, Jeff Conway? The, Jeff Conway. Um, he was like out of his mind, which was why Dr. Drew had to come in after hours. Yeah. And he like- Dr. Drew sat down like very seriously and he's like, Jeff, come on, what's going on here? And he looks at him, Jeff looks at him and he goes, Oh, look at you with that shirt. (laughs) I like that shirt. (laughs) Dr. Drew has to look down and just like stifle a laugh. I, (laughs) how do you, how do you not giggle at that? But no, course, I mean, like, I, 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 I would make, I, I just, I was so, oh God, I just desensitize is the only word that it keeps coming to mind about my whole life. But like, I would sit there and be like, oh, the Allison Chains drummer would like just go up to, to, uh, who is that actor, that guy that's like been in and out of, re- he used to date Heidi Fleiss. Um, oh, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Like, wasn't saving right. Oh, Tom Sizemore. Yes. Tom yes. Sizemore was in there, and Tom Sizemore would pick on the Allison Chains drummer, but the Allison Chains drummer would always be uh, he's like, "Hey, do you know my friend Lane?" And he was always talking about Lane, the lead singer of Allison Chains, who died. You know, he's like, "Hey, I was I was really good friends with Lane." Like he would just walk up to strangers and be like, "Hey, uh, I lo- I was in Allison. Ch- do you know Lane?" Like, and it was just, and then he, then Tom Sizemore started picking on it, and I was like, "That was wild." When like you'd have an addict. Like picking on another addict in rehab. It, God, it was such a great show, but 
I tr- it's we were talking off mic about being Bobby Brown. Yeah. And it's it's the same exact thing where you think about it or watch it in hindsight and you go, "Oh no." Uh Yeah, like what was I wa- like I shouldn't have done this, this. like <laughs> Hor- truly horrific well because you're not putting your you, i think there's something in your mind that even though you're seeing it like point blank there's something in your mind going well they wouldn't put somebody that's on crack on tv like in your mind you're going like well there's obviously tv laws and <laughs> they must not like that's in your mind that's what you're thinking so you're like i remember like i remember watching every episode of being bobby brown the night it aired like the night like yes what like tivo the shit out of that show and i remember watching it and being like oh they're so crazy not really like in in my mind i knew she was doing like always the rumors that her and bobby were doing drugs but i never like even though i knew it i don't think there was a part of my mind that accepted it so it still came off like some kind of broad comedy i wonder if the difference is um the reason why we can look back on it now, one of the reasons is at that point, we had not yet seen not just the death of Whitney, but the death of Amy Winehouse. Like we're, we were a little um, naive where it was just like, Oh, this is, this is wacky. But then shit got real. And now everyone is a little more, um, shall we say, woke to the uh exploitation involved yeah yeah (laughs) listen we keep it real by the way that would that would wouldn't that be a great show of like just like a retrospective history show like on tv of like the shows that we now regret liking at some point you know like oh my god i the shows I feel horrible about supporting. Like, also, I might throw like hoarders in there, maybe. Hoarders. Um, oh my God. Yes. Like, I remember like when I'd be like, well, this place isn't messy enough. Like, when you would judge, like, <laughs> I only saw two cat carcasses in here. Like, you know, like when you'd like get like after four seasons of hoarders, you're like, I need this to ramp up now when you're seeing like actually sick people, you know? Uh, absolutely. And I mean, I've always been into the deepest darkest reality shows intervention hoarders oh yeah eh. all that all that like uh, i had my favorite interventionist like who's like jeff remember like it was yes like you know like when you're having your favorite interventionist like there's an issue with your life and how you like are living it okay can i just say uh you sound like if you have a favorite interventionist then do you have a favorite intervention because Mine oh, yeah, is... oh, 100 I mean, I can already, I, I, I don't know if we're going to have the same one. I don't know if we should say it at the same time. <gasps> okay, well, actually, I would say this is not my favorite. It's so inter- sad that I even didn't even have to think. Okay, wait, I have two. I have a favorite intervention, and I have one intervention where I'm like, they should have just let her live. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, okay, what, what's your favorite? Okay, my favorite is the girl who walking on sunshine (laughs) yep that's it i walk it on sunshine (laughs) that when she hopped uh computer cleaner yes that's it that's the one that was my favorite too like that literally is my favorite yeah walking on sunshine and she like that was great you know she's a drug counselor now 
I did not know that, but I, I feel like I could only say that that was my favorite because I knew from what I could tell that she was doing well now. Do you remember the girl that ate all of her sorority's food and she had like an eating disorder and she would throw up in like Ziploc bags and hide them under her bed? Okay, yes, I do remember that. That was a close, that's in that the was, top 10, like, yeah. So the only intervention where I was like, leave this poor woman alone. Uh, she was in her mid to late 70s. I think late 70s. And she was doing um i believe she was doing like crack or something but she was so good-natured and they had this whole like this whole uh physical comedy scene of her like falling on and off this uh like a stump she was like in the woods somewhere and she was like oops i, I took a tumble <laughs> And it was the only intervention episode where I saw a person who's just enjoying themselves. <laughs> You're like, wait, that's just somebody relaxing. Like, that's a, there's a difference. Listen, at, at a certain point, at the end of your life, spend it how you want to. <laughs> because <laughs> she, also, she also only got into drugs very, very, very late in life. Like, she had only been doing drugs. She was in her late 70s and she had only been doing drugs for like a few years and to that i say like eh. yeah spoke, i was always like spoke him if he got him like i would always and then you'd like rudely judge people's letters you mm -hmm. know like when they read them at the end in the intervention of like i'm asking you today to get help and like so some people i'd be like that dude tanked it man that you could have done way better i would still do drugs if i got that letter that's crazy you you really have to put in the time to craft. Yeah, like they're like you could like throw like a poem in there. You could throw like not a, like you could be like in the immortal words of like there's you could really craft something out of there. And some people are just like, I really love you and I want you to get help today. Listen, See, no, by the way, the may the way I'm even going off on this show is just how insensitive. Like I gotta stop. This is horrible. I I know I am like, listen, listen, I uh. Should I maybe like edit all of this out? Maybe. No, God, no, no. They, by the way, they, I have a feeling this is what's so sad is that I have a feeling the majority of people will know exactly what we're talking about. And this is exactly like pretty wild. It's exactly like NYC prep intervention is in that same period of time for these shows where we all like kind of just like, well, this is weird. This is unique. And it became like a habit. The only difference between shows like Intervention and Celebrity Rehab is they had multiple seasons. Like nobody caught right. on that this was bad for like years. In fact, I think I could be wrong, but like is Intervention or Hoarder still on? I think one of them is. I think so. I think Intervention is actually still on. It was off the air for a little while and then it came back and I think it's still on. But I will say the one thing about Intervention that I will give them credit for is that they do offer free treatment, which I mean, I guess that's still so exploitive to offer treatment to people who can't afford it in exchange for uh, exposing the worst moments of their life. Well, you would do, but he, oh my God, do you, were you like, I would always like that last two minutes of intervention was like, like it was like guessing 
like the correct home that the couple would get on House Hunters. Yes. You'd be like, okay, this dude's going to make it. This dude's going to make it. This dude's going to, oh no, he left eight days later and he went on crack again. Like it would all, or like, you know, sometimes they would make it and you'd be like, whoa, I did not see that coming. Good for them. That's amazing. But you would literally like bet on those things. Like no way. There's no way they're not uh, still on drugs, you know? Absolutely. And I, I mean, I would say once a year, I, think of an old intervention and I'm like, I hope they're doing okay. And I just like fall down a rabbit hole trying to find them. <laughs> oh, totally. Well, you know what? Like if I talk to the walking on sunshine girl, like I actually have looked her up and stuff like that. And there's a, like, I would be more nervous to talk to her than I would other actually like reality stars and stuff like that, that I've talked to on my podcast because like she really, like I think about her once a week at least. Like, since I've seen, like, I mean, I, there's multiple times I've, like, I would actually be nervous like I was, like, talking to a star. Okay, I have a question for you. This, this is totally off topic, but you've made me think of it because I'm always thinking about who I'd be the most nervous to talk to. I would never be nervous to talk to, like, an A-list celebrity. Yeah. But one of my people is Ian Van Zant. Do you watch her show? <laughs> no, that's the fix it. That's the fix my life girl. Yes. Ian yeah. fix my life. Yeah. I no, I, I've seen, I've been sent clips and stuff like that, but I've never watched the show. You should really watch it because it does have like, um, a very gritty, um, intervention adjacent subject matter, but there's also a lot of prop comedy. Yeah. <laughs> like Ianla always has like a very <laughs> strange like little exercise uh, to do in her back pocket where there's, there's just always props, costumes, <laughs> uh, and she's just very wise. I think you would enjoy it. No, by the way, also, that's not saying a lot. I literally would enjoy anything if it's a reality show. There's been very few reality shows where I'm like, well, this is shit. Like, oh, yeah. I will usually watch it. Well, actually, there was a show that I, wa- I started. It was the, the, it was the contest of who's going to get the girl pregnant that aired during quarantine. Oh, my God. And I pretty much knew. I was like, come on, this is bullshit. I was like, this is – I you know, for some reason, like I thought the first episode was amazing. And then the second episode really let me down. And I was like, okay, they're rushing through some of these moments. They need to slow down and really get, let me get to know these guys and let the lady get to know these guys. If we want to take it seriously, like it was like felt rushed. And then I, (laughs) that's when I get picky, you know? It's so funny that you mentioned that because I honestly thought that that show was a fever dream to me. No, it really (laughs) happened. Because I, it was just like uh, one of those days where they all, they all blend together and half in the bag on a, on a skinny girl margarita. <laughs> and I started watching it and I was like, it, it was the episode where all of the guys get their fertility tested. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yep. To see who had the best motility, to see who had the best sperm count. Like it was a big thing. And then guys were like, yeah, check that out, brother. Like, like, like in your face, check out that motility. It was like crazy. I was like, this is so insane. And also the girl, like guys are just learning like, yeah, I'll get you pregnant. Like they don't even know the girl. Like there was like, 
it was so bizarre that I, I don't know how it happened that this show was possible and also that they got such a true American princess <laughs> to host it. Yeah. Yes. That was, uh, uh, that was another thing where you're, you're like, how did, how did Chris, uh, how did Kristen Davis, that's her name, right? Yes. Like how did the sex in the city? I also, I, I had that like, Oh wow. They got like, like someone who kind of like used like big, but also, but then when the second episode, when I started hating the show, I was like, Oh, so sad for her, man. Like she needs it this bad. She needs money this bad. Like I was like, I then got sad for her all of a sudden. That's what really, I, I was very sad about it because I just feel like she is this beautiful actress who is on, who is on a show that was, that is an American institution. Yeah. She, she looks incredible. She is, I mean, she's not the, um, all-time actress in the world but she is a fucking pro yeah the one thing she does she does amazingly well like the thing that what she's known for she does amazingly well and that's all you need as an actor by the way exactly and to me i was just like it feels insane that this woman is not raking in like cvs cbs sitcom money as the hot wife to some fat asshole you know like, why is she not pulling in sitcom money for a King of Queens type program? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I completely, you know, she dated Alec Baldwin at one point. No. Yeah, uh, like after no. Sex in the City, like they aired, like, like a, I think a couple months playing, but I remember like it was, it was just like, oh, wow. You hate to hear that. You yeah, it's, you don't it. want anybody to go through that. But I also hated how she like had to like, they had to do the thin connective tissue of why Kristen Davis was hosting this show. She'll be like, if you remember, my character sure. really wanted a baby. Like, you know, like it was like, Ugh. oh man. Like you just wonder like, oh my God, they if any, whoever they got to host, they would have to like do some thin connective tissue of like, I bet you're wondering why I'm, why I'm here. Well, my best friend just had a baby and that makes me the host, you know? Also, it makes me um so sad that sex in the city three never happened that like oh did you ever listen to my friend laura's podcast saving sex in the city three no oh she's she's the host of sexy unique podcast and she does a podcast only like here and there um but it's literally like the guest and her will come up with the the plot for sex uh, sex in the city three okay that is yeah, I mean, so, no, off- no offense to you. I love your podcast, but that is my favorite podcast. It's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, I don't it's, even need to hear it. Oh my God. It's so good. Like I, I was on an episode and I did it where the girls like um, big dies and Carrie then goes to LA and the girls all come to LA and Samantha and Vanderpump rules is a part of it. Cause Samantha is taking over the, the bar mother load, which is next to pump. <laughs> and she becomes competitive with Lisa Vanderpump and then she ends up like pegging jacks at the end like it's crazy but it's it, you should check the podcast out it's pretty good wow that is that is gorgeous that sounds like the best version of like a an improv class game like yeah oh my god <laughs> i was so nervous to do that one because it was just 
I was so scared. And then like, it's, she's so good. Like she'll, but it's just like, it was so fun. Like it's, I don't know. I love stuff like that. Uh, Well, hopefully one of those episodes goes from her lips to God slash Sarah Jessica Parker's ears. (laughs) And we save sex in the city three. I mean, wouldn't it be great if they like co-op golden girls at some point, you know? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, that's another quarantine hit for me. <laughs> Wait, is it, was that big for you during quarantine? I mean, listen, in my life, I'm still pretty much in quarantine. I don't see anyone. Oh, I know. Like that's, I mean, that's, it is weird to hear when other people aren't, you know, like I do two things a day, you know? Oh, I, yeah. I, I have watched so many, I mean, listen, we were able to watch an entire series from front to back in what, two days? Yeah. Well, and it was, and, and by the way, and like without even, it wasn't even like, that's what I'm bragging now. It wasn't even hard, man. Like I'm so <laughs> used to, it's, you're so used to like just powering through things during quarantine that it's not even a, a thing. You were like, are you sure? I was like, oh yeah, no problem. Like I'll just have it on in the back. It's, it's, you know how easy it is to watch TV, but it, like, especially during this time, it's like, it's like, this is what all the training was for, I think, was quarantine. Exactly. Especially with these 22-minute episodes. That oh, it's I like think, nothing. Like, these are like like paper, you know? It, it's really just like watching, like, an Instagram story. It's, it's in, it's out, one ear, out the other. Do you think the show works if the, if the show didn't have all the stuff underneath it that you find out about later? Do you think the show still completely works? Because I think it's a show works, but I think that all that stuff elevates it to almost like historical nature. I I think that number one, that is a gorgeous question. Truly a thoughtful question. And thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I think that without it, it would still be um, popular on some level. I think it probably would have gotten a couple seasons. Um no, I don't think it ever would have reached historic levels without this undercurrent because it really just captured a moment in time that a few other shows, maybe not, maybe no other shows captured the way this show did. I was looking at the IMDb, uh, like they, they rank things, you know, or like give it like out of like a 10 star system. And this only got... 3.7 which is so bizarre to me i mean i'd i'd like to write a strongly worded letter yeah, to mr imdb <laughs> sir mr imdb you don't know what you speak of yeah no it's uh well we didn't even bring up the the lost dog oh my god the lost dog which okay actually so tess gets a dog and she loses it for it seems like about 20 minutes yeah it's like a big but it's like all of a sudden high drama high drama they're running through calabasas in their bare feet slapping on the pavement screaming for this this little like uh, (laughs) english bulldog or something yeah meanwhile that dog was pooping on the carpet for several episodes until they lose it and get rid of the dog, which I remember to be like a big. Well, the dog was pain. probably eating like leftover heroin or something, you know, like that's oh, not even. I can't imagine the shit that dog was getting into. 
Yeah, the dog literally was like, I want to, I will run away. This is crazy. <laughs> Get me out. Take me away. By the way, when I was reading that oral history of this, they, they, one of the crew members said they took the dog on purpose. <gasps> oh, well, well, well. Reality, not so yeah. real. Yeah, crazy. Um, Ryan... This was so fun. Oh Can my god! I thought we I thought we had another three hours. I was like, okay, I, let's go into. No, this is amazing. By the way, this is obviously you can now. I have like thirty things because I this 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 pocket of time that your podcast highlights and like you know you uh, you're just so good at. I don't know, but also just there's so I have such warm feelings for all of this and all of these shows. You know, absolutely. I mean, that's why I had to create this podcast. I. Little little mama needed an outlet. Okay. Oh my god! Wait, wait, wait um, uh, real quick before uh, the the hoarders. Didn't you always think it was funny that they would get the company that would always organize things, but they would yes. always be like, "They've got to be out of here in eight hours. We got to go." And it was always like a race against time. And it's like, wait a sec, these people have real problems. Why can't we do two days? Like they were literally trying to make it more dramatic, so they would only like, like, sorry, we only have six hours here, and we've got to go through like eighty years of your life. And you'd be like, wait a sec, why, why does it have to be rushed? Why do we have to rush this? You know that that is a theme across so many reality shows where it's like, well, you only have uh, like a signing a time limit. And I understand like part of it is probably production, but it's like, let's, well, these are real. That's what, that's why it's real people. That's why it's a fucked up show because it's like, wait a sec, this is a sickness. And I know you have like a TV show, but like you're not then doing the best thing for them because you're still, you're hoping to get them like freaking out and like, we can't possibly be done. You're hoping, because that would be the other thing with hoarders that they would most likely like freak out because they would start wanting to go through every piece of thing. You know, like, no, I need to see that before you throw it out. Like it was like, so it's like literally like ripping appendages off of these people that aren't used to it. Absolutely. And it's also like, uh, you know, this place is soaked in cat urine and like trauma. Let's like take a few days. It's going to take some time to clear this out. We don't have to, we, we can take a moment. Let's take a yeah, breath. Like, at some point I just was like, is somebody from production going to go like, Hey, she's obviously going to lose her shit. We should, let's just do another day. Let's slow down. We got this. You're doing great. You know, you're also, so much progress. These, these reality shows are dirt cheap to make. Yeah. I mean, they're going to someone's house. Like they're not even getting a location. They're just taking a crew and they're cleaning it up over a week. You can take the extra day. Good Lord. Yeah. It's like, and that's like some of these people in the company, I'd be like, I thought they'd, you know, almost be like, Hey, it's not worth it. Let's we'll give them an extra day for free. You know? I'd like to know how many people were like, it's not worth it. I'm finding a new career. This is, <laughs> I feel bad. But it is one of those shows though, that is like now every time I do end up collecting too much or like have, so, like, I'll be like, remember hoarders, Ryan, you don't want to do that ever. Remember hoarders. Like I'll like collect, like not collect, but I'll just like keep old Navy clothes that I don't need. You know, I'm like, come on, man. It's old Navy. You don't need that. You don't need that. That's 10 years old. You know, the stuff that I have that is 10 years old that I'm like, you'll fit into that one day. And I'm like, bitch. 
you oh won't. My God. Oh. Dude, I mean, I think everybody's going through that with quarantine right now because of like, I've outgrown like a size of gene where they just don't look as good, you know? And it's like, we're all having to do that of like, do I save my pre-quarantine clothes or do I accept my new quarantine body, you know? Yeah. And also just accepting the new quarantine life. Like I was looking at some of my clothes, trying to throw some things out. And I was like, I barely wore this before And now I haven't left the house in six months. (laughs) Maybe just, maybe just give it to God. Well, like that's the other thing too, is that I know probably everybody says this, but like I wouldn't, as things get safer and more precautions are like put into place and stuff, like I wouldn't mind seeing people, but like part of me is like, could we all agree to like wear sweatpants or like wear the shit I round? Like, and like, just like, just forgive like looks and stuff like that and don't have to be looking like, couldn't we like, if you want to hang out with me so bad, couldn't we just wear sweatpants and just like, just be chill, you know? Absolutely. Like let's accept this time and place. And listen, I haven't um, touched up these roots uh, in six months. And uh, every time I do a FaceTime call, I'm like, listen, this is a, this is ombre. This is a 2013 <laughs> ombre. I shouldn't have to preface my six months quarantine roots. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, like I was, I had to put myself on taper and audition today and I went to put on like a button up shirt and then I was like tight around my belly. And then it just like <laughs> threw me into like a whole like thing. I was just like, Oh, this is so sad. Like how do I, you know, because then you're just wanting, like, the casting director doesn't give a shit, but you're wanting to explain of, like, hey, this used to fit me. It's crazy, right? <laughs> Can I have this part? Uh, coronavirus. Uh, you heard of it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> classic quarantine 15, right? Classic, man. COVID 15, huh? Yeah. Um, Ryan, I just realized I didn't even mention your podcast at the top of the show. So can you give a a little uh, pitch of your pod? Well, if you like long things, no, I do a a long form podcast called So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. And it's a celebration of all the pop culture we love to hate with like a heavy focus on reality shows. So I'll usually have like two to three guests an episode. You know, I like to think of them as like actual radio shows I grew up on. So it'll have multiple guests, a lot of bits, I'll play a sad song or two. Like they'll, there'll be like a lot, there's a lot of work and editing that goes into each one. Uh, I do, I'm starting to do more recaps of these reality shows, but like I'll get obsessed with something. Like I got obsessed with like Garth Brooks. Like he has a clip (laughs) of when he joined Facebook for the first time and it'll be like, well, I guess it's official. We're on Facebook. And it's like one of the most serious (laughs) things I've ever seen in my life. Cause he's like, I want to post cool stuff, slick stuff, neat stuff. But, mo- but more often than not, I'm just going to post real stuff because that's who I am. You know, like it's like the Ooh. most insane thing. And I'll just go off because I'll be editing all night and something will make me laugh at three in the morning. And then that's like a 30 minute bit. But anyways, yeah, if you like that stuff, it is it's in the same world that this show lives in. Mm-hmm. It's just more recent. But um, it's the same like, Marvel universe. Well, yeah, it's like all, yeah, it's all the extended uh, multiverse, Marvelverse. And it's just like, I have such an appreciation for this stuff. I was into pop culture from a very, very young age. So nothing is off limits in terms of that. And it's 
really so exciting to, to do. And it's, it's just found a, an audience, which I'm so thankful for. But if you're looking to give it a shot, there's timestamps. So you don't have to listen to the whole thing. It's not necessary. It's always there for you. But yeah, just so bad it's good. Uh, I'm on Instagram, so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. And I just do a lot of Bravo memes and Kardashian memes and just make fun of celebrities. You guys, you have to listen. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Ryan's and I, I've- Well, you're going to come on in a couple of weeks. So you got to- Yes. If you're a fan of this podcast, I don't know when this will come out, but you'll have to then go over to that podcast. And it's a perfect intro if you're scared of other voices. You can have her voice and then my <laughs> voice and it'll, it'll make you feel calm, you know? That's a great point. And you have such a great radio voice. You really do. It's, thank you. You, 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 as, uh, you as well. Like, I don't, uh, I, I appreciate you. that. Well, somebody, uh, what did somebody say? My, my jerk friend said the other day that, <laughs> that, uh, her mom thought I sounded like Regis Philbin. And I was like, Oh my God, which, by the way, rest in peace, Regis. And I love Regis, but I just never thought of myself as, as the, you know, but maybe like in the, the cooler Regis, you know, I think you're the cooler Regis. I mean, I think what she was picking up on was just like, a broadcast um, yeah or, broadcast royalty and the excitement i think the excitement yes you yeah I, you have a uh, gravitas that gravitas, if you that, will yes Nobody, that carries through the airwaves really, the, res, the respect he gives to hoarders is amazing truly truly okay guys um you can check out ryan on his podcast on his instagram get those bravo <laughs> memes we love a bravo meme i love a bravo meme i can't do many memes on my instagram i just don't have the memes in me um <laughs> it, it does get it gets wow it gets I, it, it gets stressful put, it i can't believe how much work goes into your your instagram like that is god bless you god bless well, yeah, it is weird. And it's weird when like those things like start taking off or then you start to build like an audience from there and you're like, this is insane. Like this... that's, or like I got like an influencer deal the other day and I was Ooh. like that, well, it was like watch a reality show and post reactions of it. And I was like, for real? I like thought I was being, I was like, thought I was being punked. I was like, wait, I mean, for real? And I was like, shit, I do this, I do this for free. Like this is crazy. Like are you, I literally thought it was just a prank, you know? Oh, I mean, that's a dream. That's why you moved to Los Angeles is I know, well, <laughs> to well, put in a bunch there. of work. Well, Cause you're like, you're like, I'm a white straight male dude that like, no, like there's no, there's no part of my story that like, I thought this would be a part of it. But like at the same time, it does make me feel good. Cause I always wondered why the fuck I was so obsessed with all of these shows and people. And like, I was the only dude, like all my friends, like sports that I was the only guy getting like us weekly every week. And ah. like, really like, just like, Oh my God, it's here. It's here. And this, you know, and just like flipping through for like pictures that I hadn't seen before and constantly online for like celebrity gossip. And I always wondered like, why I, why do I memorize all of this stuff? Why do I know? And th now I know it's for like a shitty podcast, you know, <laughs> this is what, God was preparing yeah, God. you for. And what if you get to heaven and God is like, that actually was not it at all. Like you really <laughs> missed the boat. You also, I, you also were good at math and you just totally ignored that, you know? Actually, uh, I presented hoarders to you because you would have been a really great therapist and <laughs> yes, uh, you totally missed my... laughing at it. Yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I fucked up and that's on me as God. That's on me. <laughs> 
<laughs> or if you get to like heaven and God is like, why did you make fun of Jack so much? It's just so hurtful. No, he's Jack, one of, he's one of my children. Taylor, no, no, he is not one of God's children. He is a sociopath. No, I hate, yeah, I hate him with a passion. Obviously, we, yeah. We, on this podcast, we hate Jack Taylor. I think that's the smart way to go, yeah. I think that's that's with God, I think. <laughs> go with God. And so it is. And so it is. All right, you guys. Like, do you remember this? Subscribe, follow on Instagram. Love you. Bye. Bye.